WHYY and Billy Penn, this is your Friday edition of Hidden Season, a Philadelphia Phillies podcast. My name is Justin Clue. I write for Baseball Prospectus and Billy Penn. With me is Liz Rocher of Yahoo Sports. Hello, Liz. Hello, Justin. And a happy Friday to you. It's Super Bowl weekend. Whistling small town paper boy Brock Purdy versus big time Taylor Swift adjacent Patrick Mahomes. Universal <laughs> Pitchman and Broham, who's taken several seminars on charisma, Travis Kelsey, versus string-haired hippie serial killer George Kittle. Reliable mustache and playbook of Andy Reid, about whom success Eagles fans are never quite sure how to feel, versus Nepo Baby entering his final form, Kyle Shanahan. The biggest game in American sports coming up this weekend, just several days from now. Elizabeth, naturally, we're going to talk about the the Philadelphia Phillies. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I've had Uh, enough of the Super Bowl. Thank you. I'm glad that there's very little Phillies connection to make to the Super Bowl. Not that there ever really is, but uh, I'm glad there's there's no like diagonal line crossing sports that is forcing people to talk about this. Uh, I know that they like uh, written some 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 think pieces on like Patrick Mahomes' father, who is a troubled man, who is uh, a former ball player. So baseball writers have kind of like jumped on that, but it's just it's always painful to me watching people wring those last few drops of of content out of a rag, where you're like, this isn't really about what you cover. So making it about that is just kind of painful. Like let's yeah. let's just get to spring training so we can talk about baseball. Yeah, I I feel a lot of pride that we at Yahoo Sports try not to cover things like that you know we haven't had a taylor swift beat writer we've we've written what's necessary and we've had some fun with it but um i'm grateful that um we're not you know trying to figure out what jackson mahomes is doing because we're not (laughs) you guys don't have a swift beat god no no actually i mean to be honest a lot of our our very uh swift our, our Swifty representation on staff uh, have recently moved on to other jobs, and so we're uh, we've got sort of like a hole to fill on our staff oh. right now. I can't believe someone from Yahoo Sports uh, left to become the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's pretty impressive. I know, right? <laughs> what a shift. Well, fortunately, there's not nothing to talk about. Uh, Phillies fans got some surprising news, maybe an hour before we started recording, that people were not prepared for based on the reactions I saw. (laughs) But before we get to that, I wanted to talk about a much, much more important um, uh, topic. And that is, of course, Liz, have you seen these batting practice hats? I have indeed. My God, I have never seen such an agreeable collection of hats Usually, if, we, if we're bringing up hats on a show like this, it's because, like, oh, New Era released another hat that has, like... Clip art on Liber- it. <laughs> Liberty One on it, and it's, like, tw- tilted to its side and floating above, like, a very ornate recreation of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And we are once again forced to ask ourselves, who asked for this? Also, it's <laughs> yellow. Why? And this is a Phillies hat. Interesting. No, not the case this time. Um, I should really know who it was. Who put out these this collection of hats? New um, Era. Uh, well, wait, no, I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I just picked up the first thing that I saw. Uh, I mean, it looks just like MLB. I don't know. I mean, they're, that can't they're, be right. They're the, they're the hat. Like the players are going to wear these hats. So they're not just like new hats. They're not the kind of hats we are talking about. Oh, uh, oh so, they've been, they were removed from the site. I think I don't think these are for sale yet. 
Oh, no, they are not for sale. That no, is. but they're gorgeous across the board. They're very, uh, they're, they lean right into vintage, just vintage feeling all across the board. Uh, it seems like people got a peek at these because they were accidentally put up for sale on uh, a site called shopjustsports.com. <laughs> well, there's some free advertising for them. Yeah, uh, it does appear that they are New Era hats, though. Okay, well, yeah, New vintage Era... logos, like the the fanatic with his tongue out is on this hat. Right. It's amazing. I mean, and, and that's what I, I wanted to talk about is that like, yeah, there, there are a lot of winners in, in these BP oh, hats. Yeah. The uh, Marlins hat is, I'm surprised to say that, it's their old fish logo with the uh, the white and light green pinstripes, the white and teal pinstripes. The Pirates hat is really great with all these, with the stars and the lines. The Diamondbacks hat oh, I think yeah. is great. The, um, uh, uh, the Marlins the- hat is fantastic with the stripes. The Rockies have, uh, have a stripe thing going on, mm-hmm. uh, a vertical stripe thing. But yeah, this Phillies hat, which incorporates, it's just the fanatic with its tongue out. And I've been saying for years they need to, it was one time years ago, I saw a Mets spring training hat that was Mr. Met. And I was like, why are we not capitalizing on the Phillies having a mascot that's even better than that? Seriously. And, and using it in, in the, and, and during the postseason this past year, I bought a hat that has the fanatic on it. It's not, it's the same, it's not the same image. He's facing the other way. And I believe he's like got a pennant. Sticking out of it, but I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is this is what I've been looking for." I can't mm-hmm. believe this is for sale. And now this is a legit fanatic hat they are going to wear. I don't know during batting practice, and then like maybe they're wearing it all the spring training. I'm not sure exactly when. But UniWatch, Paul Lucas from UniWatch told MLB Network Radio, "The Phillies batting practice hat has the freaking fanatic on it. It's awesome. This might be the best hat in the history of hats." Or I'm sorry, oh my that was god, Mike, that was Mike Farron. Um. <laughs> oh, Mike's the best. Mike is a, a serious XM MLB yes. guy. Yes, sorry, that was um, that was Mike Farron on MLB Network, and yeah, I think this is. Uh, I, I like the ones that were just the blue bell. It got a little repetitive. I even like some of the patterns from like the Halliday era, where you'd see them wearing like it was like a red kind of mesh looking back backdrop with that darker blue. P. Oh yeah, like that was a good one too. Uh, but none of them like you know are, are huge departures. This is a bigger swing than we've seen them take, and that kind of goes across the board for this entire collection. There are some. There's some big swings here. Yeah, and like I love it. <laughs> I've never liked like I've the Guardians when since they've changed to the Guardians, they've tried to do some sort of art decoy um imagery because their their mascot is now like the guard the art deco era guardian statues that are in Cleveland. And mm-hmm. so they've tried a little bit and this this doesn't this looks actually really great the g is to me wrong for the era if they're looking for to do that i'm i'm a very much a like art nouveau art deco person but i actually really love this the guardians logo is fantastic the orioles hat has just the bird on it it's just the, the beautiful bird that's my dad's jam. He oh yeah, the ornithologically correct bird. He's in the minority, but he prefers that bird very much. So mm. this is this is great news to go back to that. And the Giants kind of did the same thing. Like you can see the different. There were kind of different columns. It feels that these hats fell into where like if you're a bird team, you probably just have the bird and no letters. Like the Blue Jays, the Orioles. 
uh, or just let's let's expand it to animals. The Marlins just has a Marlin. The Diamondbacks just has a snake. Like the the um, the A's even, which is elephant. my favorite. They have an elephant and he's wearing sunglasses. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was a great twist on a classic. Um, and then, like you said, the Guardians one follows the same pattern as the Tigers one, which I actually prefer with mm. those horizontal stripes. Astros kind of the same deal. Uh, but Reds. they've got their um, the Astros are using their sort of retro color scheme, yeah. which I love. God, I hate the Astros. I wish that their sort of throwback stuff wasn't so cool. Yeah, and the the, the Rangers are doing a throwback T. The Twins have a throwback M. The Giants are kind of doing like what the Orioles are doing. They're mm-hmm. going back to the '90s with their throwback. The Cubs just have the animal. Here's one for you. A lot of them just have like the letter front and center, but the Brewers. What is this Brewer's hat? It's, he had to stop and the, figure out what it is at first. It's, their, it's their, I think it's Bernie the Brewer. It's giant Bernie the Brewer. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a full body shot oh, yeah. of Bernie the Brewer. That's that's okay. So yeah, that, good. That's and fun. I, I like having to figure out what the team, which 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 team yeah, the hat is for. <laughs> not because we're horrified by it either. No, no, you know, no, like, no. The Red Sox is a little boring. There are a couple of them that are just a little boring. But, you know, like the Yankees, there was I thought was going to be really boring. No, it's a circular logo with pinstripes on the actual. It's a, a like a white background with blue pinstripes on it. And like the NY is in thinner script. And it looks really cool. It looks kind of throwback. Like, you know, they're one of those, you know, we're not going to mess with our brand type of teams. But like this... They have a lot of different versions of it. Every team has a lot of versions of their logo. They all, you all own them still. Use them. We are greedy piggies who want stuff. Give us what we want. That's every the time thing. we say we won't spend, you know, forty-eight dollars on a new hat. It's just waiting for the right hat. You know, yeah, that's that's all that means. Listen, capitalism sucks, but if we have to participate in it, which it seems like we do, this feels like something that should be happening. If we're going to be if we're going to participate in capitalism, at least give us the things that we want. And I, Otherwise, what's the point? I just want the hat. I, I just want I don't I I just want this hat, regardless yes. of what system we're living under. I want this, hat. <laughs> and I'm I'm one of the few people who already owns a fanatic hat, and I want this hat because it has the fanatic on it. So, great job. Rarely said, but gotta, gotta yeah. give credit here. Like across uh, the board, well done. I'd and you're s- you're right about the Yankees too, the team that was just like, we're not gonna do a City Connect jersey because we're too serious. Oh, and really? Even, They're even not they, doing one. Wow. I don't know if it's official yet, but it's like largely. <laughs> That's being, pathetic. Like accepted that they're 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 the team that's just not going to do it. And yeah, best. And I, I agree with you about their hat, but it's just funny that like all they had to do to change it was well, let's just put a circle around the logo and call it a batting practice hat. And we're like, holy crap, this is great. And it's true, just because they never, like you said, they never bother to do anything really that interesting. So yeah, cool hats makes you think about spring training. All these like lighter colors and the the baby blues and the the whites and the 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 like lighter shades. It's it's uh, it just makes you feel like spring training is just about here, which it is. So, cool stuff, feeling good, vibes are good. Guess what? Brandon Marsh just had arthroscopic surgery on his knee. <laughs> what? Oh no! <laughs> I did not That's know right. about that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Phillies dropped that little nugget at eleven fifteen this morning from the official Phillies account, and then you saw that 
copied and pasted by every blue check mark in your Twitter feed. Uh, but Phillies outfielder Brandon Marsh underwent successful left knee arthroscopic debridement surgery with Dr. Stephen Cohen in Philadelphia this morning. It is anticipated that he will return to playing at three to four weeks and be ready to play by opening day. Liz, just hearing that, you know, yes, it's it's uh, not something we knew was happening, so it's a surprise. Um, but just hearing that, the situation being like, let's let's take it take it at its word. Uh, the information being what I just read, your emotional state currently. Uh, well, I've been better. <laughs> it's certainly not the best news that you want to hear on a Friday morning. When you're like, hey, spring training is pretty much here. <laughs> Let's talk about Brandon Marsh losing his leg, apparently. Okay, see, that's that's the mistake here. For me, the most important part is be ready to play by opening day. Yes, not- see, I I will admit uh, my... I, I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> you just, you just I heard sirens. It. I heard, listen, it's not my fault or the fault of anyone else. <laughs> if what happens after we hear that, all that happens is really loud sirens in our ears. You have to repeat things two to three times for us. And I don't know why no one has figured that out yet. If you want to get a full measured response, <laughs> you need to tell us, wait until I've read this two or three times to you. Make yeah. that accommodation for us, world. Because when you jump right to, oh my god, they cut his leg off, um, you joined a chorus of Philadelphia Phillies fans who have already found their thing to be upset about today. Some people are wondering, well, why did they wait so long to do this now? This is, I guess, the timing of of their decision-making process. And also, again, he will be ready to play by opening day, so why does it matter when they waited until... Uh, there are other people who are saying the season is already over. Oh, uh, there are people who yes, revolted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who feel like this makes the team look even stupid, like even more dumb people who, who just don't care. Uh, people who think this means Schwarber is going back to the outfield full time. <laughs> what? Uh, one person asked why they let the Mets owner sabotage Brandon Marsh's knee. Because uh, the doctor's name was Steve Cohen. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is all to me. This is like a report of something that happened. Yes, it's it's a little surprising that it's nothing. But but guess what, guys? There's a ton of stuff they don't tell us that goes on. Medical yeah. stuff. There's a ton of stuff that we just don't know happens. This is something they felt like, all right, we got to we got to disclose this to the to the press, uh, to the public. And and, you know, it is it just kind of is what it is. But this doesn't have to be a disaster i i you know i know the the chief mode to to get engagement is to be hysterical but um yeah i gotta tell you this is even as a guy who's a big brandon marsh fan i i gotta tell you this was you know it's it's startling to see his name next to left knee surgery but that he is expected to recover and be on track hey it's a good thing he's getting it when he got it and not in mid-april or something you know like this is a good time, and you have to assume, like, he's getting something done because something hurts and is not right. And it's inhibiting him physically, and it's either, you know, painful or, or whatever. And getting this done will presumably make it better. Like, you, I have to remember that. It's not like they're going in and, like, leaving an open wound and saying, well, get well soon. They are yep. actually going in, closing the wound, and finishing the surgery. And after that's finished, he should feel better once things are healed. 
Brandon Marsh headed down to spring training with a grapefruit knife sticking out of his leg. Uh, we'll see how the Phillies want to play this one, but seems bad. Uh, yeah, but the next question then, of course, becomes, what does this mean? And, I mean, I said that kind of mockingly, but also, what does this mean? Uh, because Matt Gelb, one of the few writers who conveyed this information and then added, like, an additional thought of his own, said... Because um, he's good at his job. <laughs> said, uh, but outfield depth is already thin, which... I want to ask you about this. <laughs> I know! I heard <laughs> that, I'm like, how? Just yesterday, uh, some people we know were telling me that if the Phillies were to... There was a... Um, Whisper of a rumor of a connection between the Phillies and Kenley Jansen of the Red Sox made by John Morosi on MLB Network the other night. And um, the idea would be that the Phillies would send pitching back. And John Stolness, our colleague, kind of concluded that, like, if the Phillies have to give up pitching to get Kenley Jansen, they can't doing? really afford to do that. You yeah. Know, they send, like, Taiwan Walker or something to Boston. What's the point of that? <laughs> but that, so the idea being that, like, losing Taiwan Walker, a guy the Phillies seem to hate using yeah that's uh, true costs them their pitching depth that's it one guy costs you your pitching depth but this team was like oh the pitching depth is so good it's great but losing that one guy and getting another guy to sure up your the late ending inning part of your bullpen costs them all their depth and now brandon marsh getting surgery also hits you is depth just a more fragile thing than i'm thinking it is like once you establish that a team is deep in a couple of spots but then like one thing happens to one guy and they're not deep anymore yeah a team is only deep if they're healthy and everyone is in line uh as soon as someone goes down they are no they're they no longer have depth doesn't that make every team thin yeah on everybody <laughs> because <laughs> that makes no sense the point of depth is that when someone is out because of injury you have someone there who may not be at the same level but is at least dependable and can replace some of the production yeah right? and i'm not i'm not saying gelb's wrong i'm just yeah. more like let's talk about the definition of depth again because i thought that was a strength of the phillies and it just doesn't seem like it takes much for that strength to be shattered into a million pieces now i mean we're looking let's look at the the depth chart i mean i mean but here's the thing their depth is thin for what what are they doing in the next two months besides getting ready to play baseball games. Yeah. And Brandon like their Marsh depth is thin if any of those games counted. The the first of all, Brandon Marsh is a big part of the Phillies success. Yes. He is a great player who they need in their lineup and they need to be healthy. Uh, that kind of goes without saying. Mm -hmm. The official Phillies depth chart lists Johan Rojas as the starting center fielder and Brandon Marsh as the starting left fielder. I think we all know the situation, at least till now, has been a little more fluid than that. Rojas is still, as far as I know, being considered. He still has to, like, earn his job in spring training. I think of that more like he has been working on hitting all offseason long because he knows the team's like, you got to get a big league bat. You do that. This job is going to be a lot more secure for you. And I think they're just kind of expecting him to come into spring training, hit as well as they're hoping he does, and earn that job. But it's technically not his yet. So... I guess that means Marsh is the center fielder, but Pache is also going to share. But let's just like take the official Phillies depth chart on the Phillies website as gospel for just for just for now. Uh, and it lists Marsh is the starting left fielder with Pache and Schwarber behind him. Johas, Johan Rojas is the starting center fielder with Marsh and Pache behind him. I mean, and then obviously in right, you have Castellanos. Pache serves as depth for all three outfield positions. Schwarber is just left. Marsh is left and center. I mean, so this is basically like five guys. 
So I feel like the Phillies offseason priorities were to re-sign Aaron Nola or sign a new starting pitcher, um, replace Craig Kimbrell, and get this bench outfield bat guy that they keep talking about, the expectations for whom kept getting lower. Then it sort of became like Zach Wheeler getting extended is now a priority for this Phillies offseason, which I, I don't know, you know why. I, I think that's fine. But like that seems to have replaced the outfield bat thing that nobody has talked about for weeks, like the Phillies being in connection with anybody. I know they kind of like had their name attached to Cody Bellinger for a second. I didn't really believe that nah. when I saw it. So whatever. Um, but end of the day, Liz, do you feel like this report that he's, it's not like the Phillies didn't know Brandon Marsh was, we didn't know Brandon Marsh was getting surgery, but the Phillies, I think probably knew. So why hasn't this hastened their search for this mysterious, not expensive outfield bat? They're being, I mean, a, a Dave Dombrowski is chill as hell, guys. He's just chill. He's very chill. He's not worried. He, uh, Brandon Marsh is going to be back by opening day. They've got the team that they want. He said it to the media this week. I, I mean, it's re- it's really something. Um, <laughs> I, I've been, I, I've been okay with it thus far. Um, but they're gonna, there's, I feel like we're eventually going to arrive at a point where he can't do that, <laughs> where it's going to end up not turning out the way that you want. And the way that you know that is that, They've not done anything after Brandon Marsh. <laughs> like, if he's not ready to go for opening day, I think there is a problem, right? Am I wrong? Oh, There's a problem. Um, obviously. There's and it would a go, problem. It would go against what the Phillies have just said. He is anticipated to be ready for opening day. If he is not, that means the thing they anticipated happening did not happen, and they are also now kind of, you know, got to throw their hands in the air here. So, you know, knowing that, seeing this, seeing that, the outfield is thin and now you've got a key part of it who at best will still be in a state of quote unquote recovery from getting surgery in the month of February. Um, Perhaps it is worth reconsidering the free agency market for outfielders. Now I say free agency, even though we all know that's not going to be great, but I think that's the more likely place for the Phillies to look because that's just the kind of people they've been trying to pick up. They are trying not to make a big splash, it seems, this offseason. Maybe that changes. Dave Dabrowski does whatever he wants all the time, and as I mentioned before, you always give him that Castellanos factor of catching people completely off guard, like when they signed Nick Castellanos. So, <laughs> that, that you know, putting that aside, though, looking at this free agent market, let me throw a few names at you. Obviously, Cody Bellinger is at the top of that list. He had over 300 and hit 26 home runs last year with just a, a few shy of 100 RBI. Um, he's probably not, the Phillies are probably not signing Cody Bellinger, right? Like, outside of some national writers who are, I think, echoing statements being used for leverage by player agents, I don't think the Phillies have ever really formally, officially, in a capacity you take seriously from someone who's reporting you trust, connected to Cody Bellinger in a big way. No. I, no, not really, no. <laughs> so after Bellinger, who do we got? Well, I'll read you some names, and then I'll read you the one that would be really fun. Um, but <laughs> Cole Calhoun. I remember him being on the Angels forever, but apparently he was with Cleveland last sure. year. Um, mm. That's quite an endorsement. <laughs> Talk about a guy who wouldn't be a big splash. Uh, he, had, he had 217 last year with six home runs. Um he always struck me as a guy who That's wasn't bad. in the outfield f- for 
like because he was an outfielder, it was more just like, well, he's got to have a position, so get him out there. <laughs> uh, a lot of these guys on the on the free agent market outfield circuit did not hit 200 last year. Jeez, <laughs> uh, this is miserable, this makes, man. Bellinger is definitely an outlier. Adam Duvall is the other name people keep throwing out there. Um, he had like a average at best season with Boston last year, but he hit over 20 home runs. So that's a guy that pops up for people. Uh, Jonathan Daza of the Rockies um, hit 270. Not a lot of power, though. Uh, I don't think he I don't think he, he, he again, if we're not talking about big splashes again, this would be a, a ripple, perhaps in that case. Uh, former Philly Kyle Garlick. Angels savior Randall Grichik, t- Rangers player Robbie Grossman. <laughs> Rangers <laughs> <I mean>. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Veteran who's still around, Clint Frazier. Uh, Billy Hamilton. <laughs> same, ex- same, same thing, Billy Hamilton on this list of free agents. Uh, here's, here's a name for you, Liz. All right. If the Phillies need an outfielder to act as depth, and they don't want to spend a lot of money, and they don't need it to be a big deal, and you know, they, a depth signing. Which again, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight forever to learn what this term means because <laughs> keep working. <laughs> you sign like a guy who hit 150 last year, and people are like, okay, well that's just a depth signing. And you're like, so wait, is depth the bad players or good players who are healthy <laughs> who can back up the good players who are already starting? What is depth? What is it? What are we doing? It's an abstract concept that we are never supposed to, we're never supposed to know the meaning of it. In any case, you know who's uh, considered a free agent outfielder going into 2024, Liz? Mm-hmm. Uh, a young man by the name of Adam Hazley. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> of all of the names that you were going to say. That's one. I thought, honestly, I thought you were going to tell me that Gabe Kapler was coming back as a player and we could sign him. <laughs> that I would have expected that more than Adam Hazley, who I had legitimately forgotten about. <laughs> Adam Hazley, free agent outfielder, played in 28 games for the White Sox last year, played in 72 games for their AAA affiliate, hit 264 in the minors with a 723 OPS and six home runs. In the major leagues, he hit 222 with a 560 OPS. Uh, didn't hit any home runs, had two extra base hits out of the eight total hits he logged in 39 plate appearances. Does that not sound like the guy the Phillies might be going after this offseason? I mean, at this point, it kind of does. Um, I mean, think about it. It's not even talking about like we need there's a guy. They need a guy. It's it's more just like, no, they have the same need for a guy they had weeks ago before Brandon Marsh had the surgery. Again, he will be ready by opening day. So. For now, I don't know if it's worth considering this like it's a whole new situation. Like, I, I again, it's not an emergency. They're not saying we're going to we need we need somebody to fill his spot because he's not going to be there. No, it sounds like he is going to be there. So uh, I don't think this, the, the context has changed a whole lot around the need for this outfield bat. I honestly wouldn't say no. And I'm, I'm looking at baseball reference has his projections and usually those projections like across the board, regardless of what system you're looking at. Usually the projections will make you sad about whatever you're looking at. But this one actually has him doing better than he did last year. Wow. A step forward. Except for, for 246 Adam batting average, which I don't cough at. For some reason they have him hitting six home runs, considering they just hit five in his entire career. I don't know about that one. But 
uh, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't say no to Hazley. It's a it's a new dawn. It's a new day. He's really cheap, and who cares? People will look, be glad that he's not Jake Cave, who is still on the roster and will remain there. I look forward to finding out the Phillies have signed. I'll say Randall Grichuk, uh, and for the general response across the board, all of the sarcastic. Oh, this will now we'll beat the Braves. Like all these comments, people are. It's bad out there, man. People are miserable about the Phillies. I'm sure it has partially to do with the Eagles and certainly a lot to do with the Sixers and, and, you know, what they did at the trade deadline and the Embiid news that's really just sucked the life out of the city. Uh, and then obviously the Flyers coming apart with uh, everything that's that, that they've had to deal with. I, boy, I, I people are mad. People are They're really, really, people are, people are unhappy. <laughs> They are, uh, it because I mean, it does not help that two of our big rivals from <laughs> are in the are in the uh, the uh, Super Bowl. It's the Niners who the Eagles beat last year. It seems maybe perhaps because Brock Purdy went down early, and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs who beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year. It's like it's just not a good time. It's not a good I time. Liked, Everything is when, um... vibes are terrible. John Stolnes tried to, to pitch this Super Bowl like it was going to be an objectively good football game to watch. And he's probably right. It probably will be a great football game to watch. But I don't care. Doesn't matter not, to me. That's not the level I watch the Super Bowl on if there's no team I'm rooting for involved in it. If there's no team I'm rooting for involved in it, then, like, boring. I mean, at least there could have been different teams. But, no, it's just, like, the same teams. And, yeah, they might play a fundamentally sound game of football with some exciting moments. Cool. I don't know. That's just not that's not doing it for me. And it's nah. certainly not doing it for the people of Philadelphia who have like this one not in season sport to look forward to where like, you know, anything can happen because they're not on the field. They yet, have not can, played a game yet. <laughs> we can project anything we want. And right now people are projecting all of their misery. Like if the if the Eagles and, and I just told this to, to some people the other night, but. If the Eagles were on the verge of playing in the Super Bowl, if the Sixers were doing all right in in um, you know in their season and beat was healthy, uh, you know if a couple if, if things were going a little better for these other sports, I think the Phillies' lack of action here is viewed with a different perspective. But because it's just kind of like the next thing, people are like, oh, and what are the Phillies doing on top of all this other crap? Oh, that's they're not doing anything. We can frame that like it's this horrible thing when in reality. I don't know. I, I know we're in the middle of the careers of this golden, we'll say, of like a golden era of Phillies baseball. You know, it's at least a playoff era of Phillies baseball, no matter how long it lasts. And I know there is this sense of dread that a lot of their success has come from guys who got here when they were like 31. So I think people are just waiting for that other shoe to drop and just waiting for guys who they've started to rely on the past two years to start showing signs of aging. And so there's like a little bit of that. And then also the fact that they didn't, there was no Trey Turner superstar signing this off season. So that has also like really peeved people with who got used to bringing in, Oh, Schwarber and Castellanos. Oh, Trey Turner. And you go, Oh, Bryce Harper. Like, you know, getting, all these stars it's just not it, it wasn't the case this year it just there wasn't a fit there wasn't a guy they weren't going to sign Shohei Otani so at the end of the day I think people are feeling a little robbed and and certainly underwhelmed at best and at this point it's early February pitchers and catchers are about to report the clock seems like it's about to run out and everybody's just upset that the Phillies seem like they haven't improved on last year but what you can then point out is yeah they didn't improve on last year so 
what, they're still a team capable of getting to the NLCS? Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I will be concerned when I see the team playing and they're not playing as well. But then again, they always start slow. So I don't know. It's, it's, I'm having a hard time feeling down, like as down as people seem to be about the Phillies. And I'm somebody who's perfectly willing to be down on the Phillies. Like oh, I am, yeah. I will, yeah, I certainly know how that feels. I know when I start feeling it, I would be telling you if I was like, this is real bad. I don't like this. It just seems like things are stable. Um, there's been a normal ebb and flow of off season developments. The Brandon Marsh news we got today is unwelcome, but sounds necessary and timing wise. Glad it happened now. I, yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. Is that what's what's your read on on how volatile things are getting out there for the Phillies and their fans? I mean, I've been wondering why I've been so sanguine about the whole thing, like why I've just been kind of you know, like the Eagles gave me a lot of pain this year. The Sixers gave me enough pain that I stopped that I had to pull away. I'm just like, you know, I. I I, I can only stick through thick and thin with one team. <laughs> like I, I can I knew, only, I can only I grab on so tight. That, that seventy point game. I knew they were going to pay. Yeah, for it. I, knew I knew it. it. They had I to. Knew it. Just I don't even mean like I knew logistically. I meant I knew universally, spiritually, yeah. whatever way. I knew oh, that. That's was gonna exactly get, that it. Was gonna, yeah, that's what we all know and feel in our hearts because of where we're from and what we've experienced in our sporting lives. <laughs> like I. Maybe it's that I I'm confident that the Phillies are gonna they're gonna have another up and down season because that's the way it is that's what baseball is now like after two seasons of this moving into sort of our third with this like huge big lineup I'm I'm trying to come to a more zen place and not let it affect me so much and that's starting now. It's starting because, like, they're going to take who they take. When the season starts, they're not going to be measurably worse than they were than last season. I don't think they'll be worse at all. And every – it's been bothering me since the first person said it. Replacing Craig Kimbrell. What are we talking about? He was well, good. He was good for some of the year. Yes. He was also hideous for some of the year. And people are gliding right over that. I'm not even just talking about how the season ended. I'm talking about the season itself. At various points, he was very bad. Like, the, you're looking for a, a Craig Kimball replacement. I, I'm fine with, like, two guys that they've signed that could maybe team up. Like, looking for one-to-one replacements is where you get in trouble in measuring the team from this year to next year. Like, if you're looking for a one-to-one replacement, that's just not the way it works. That was probably Jordan Hicks, I want to say. Hard thrower, like, got proven reliever, but the Giants were like, you can start here if you come here. And he was like, oh, great, yeah, I'll do that. And the Phillies don't have opportunities like that to offer pitchers, which Dombrowski has, I think, hinted at over the over the past few months. So that makes them less of an appealing destination for that. And you're right. I mean, we've watched them take on the we-need-bullpen-help thing in a couple of ways, and you can either trade for Gregory Soto or you can see if you've unearthed the Jeff Hoffman. And they've done both. And this offseason, it seems like they're more in the in the thought process of, well, let's see who we can unearth rather than looking at this market, trying to find a guy we like and signing him for a bunch of money we could have spent elsewhere or trading him for players we don't want to have to give up. I mean, that like the Kenley Jansen thing. That kind of seems like a trade Dombrowski makes. Established veteran, um, place for a team Dombrowski used to work for, where he probably still has like some connections. Like it seems like a deal he would make. 
it just doesn't seem like what the Red Sox want is are, are is anything the Phillies are willing to give up or that it would be productive for them to give up and make the deal worth their time. So, yeah. I I mean, you talk about replacing Craig Kimbrell. They might have done that, but you're right. Like, the idea is we need another guy I've heard of who throws really hard and has, like, at least a career highlight reel I can tweet out that makes me feel good about this deal. That's what people wanted as far as a Craig Kimbrell replacement, and that just didn't happen, unfortunately. But it doesn't mean that he hasn't been replaced because things can fall into place in more than one way yeah exactly like i i think people are getting hung up on that type of thing and not just thinking that it's tough to be in in a, a market in a in a baseball league with the dodgers Right. Because what they did was just hire a bunch of guys for the playoffs. They did not need extra dudes to get to the playoffs. They don't. They didn't. They still don't. But they signed them. And so the I think some people are looking forward at that and thinking, what have the Phillies done to fix what happened last year? And the truthful answer is nothing because you can't you can't fix that. The Dodgers yeah, are at- just throwing more dudes at it. Yeah. And that's an option to do. But the Phillies don't want to and can't do that. You know, they're they're trying to build a a team that has like a constantly open playoff window like the Dodgers, but they can't spend eternally like the Dodgers. They can spend and they've shown that they have. And I think they'll show in the future again that they will. This this season beyond Arenola, it was just not the time for it. And that's fine. Like, doesn't mean that they're bad. It doesn't mean they're not going to win in the playoffs. We've seen it just takes one good run. The Diamondbacks did what the Phillies did last year. Like, anyone yeah. can do it. Yeah, just have I mean, to look, make it. Look at the Braves. The Braves solved the riddle of winning a lot in the regular season. They now have to solve the riddle of winning in the postseason. Their remedy for that was, well, let's sign a pitcher we think can uh, deepen our rotation and be the guy we trot out there for a third or fourth game instead of having to put like Bryce Elder out there and watch him get his butt kicked. <laughs> like let's let's have a guy who we think can have a bounce back season and be that guy who fills that role instead of the guy who was there who didn't work. They have a mu- they have much more minute kind of like facets to fill uh, rather than like gaping holes and yeah. they have to be a lot more pinpoint precise with how they're doing that. The Phillies don't. You know, they, they, they kind of are operating in the same way, but they, I think they're more like, based on what they've done uh, to capitalize on the success they've had, it feels more like they're like, yeah, you know, we're we're, we're throwing a bucket of paint at a bullseye here. Part of it's going to be right in the center, but, you know, you also <laughs> might miss. Like, we're, we're going into the playoffs. Clearly, this we've had two teams that were capable of winning the World Series and did not. Uh, and the reasons they didn't are s- small enough that replacing that, like fixing them, is more than just signing a guy. I mean, look, if if you talk about the Phillies in depth and pitching depth, and um, you know, oh, they need it. They still need a Kimbrell guy. They still need somebody to make you feel like they have a deep pitching staff. If they went out today and signed Jordan Montgomery, suddenly people would feel, I think, a lot better oh, about yeah. this pitching staff. But are we really saying that the Phillies are a, a Jordan Montgomery away from no. having a successful pitching staff? I mean. What's the, the the difference in it is that Craig Kimbrell's not here, and he's a guy nobody wanted to have back anyway. Yeah. So I, I, I it's not that I got I I I am just as likely to fall into the irrational um, anger as as anybody else can find themselves. But here in the off season, 
I don't know. I, I have a harder time getting there because you, you still have a lot to find out. When we start seeing spring training, and again, those numbers come with an asterisk as well, but when you see guys starting to play and, and perform and, and where they're struggling and then, you know, obviously the regular season gets underway, that's when things start getting a little more real. And guess what? We might be in May talking about how, like, you know what? The Phillies didn't do enough. They screwed up. But that's the gamble of uh, of. of making these roster decisions and it's certainly the gamble of trusting yourself enough to think you can you can look and i wrote about this on billy penn that you can look elsewhere beyond like the big names in free agency or a blockbuster trade to fix your problems so i don't know i'm still expecting the phillies to be good i'm still expecting them to be a playoff team the Pacota yeah. projections that came out in baseball prospectus have them at 84 wins <laughs> i don't think that's correct no nope. <laughs> no nope. I don't either. God bless. Listen, projections are projections. God bless Pakoda, but you could choose to let those uh, projections affect your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings about your team, or you can realize that they are a bunch of numbers that people plugged in uh, to a, a big fancy thing and it spit out some other numbers and it's all just numbers based on stuff that has not happened yet. So, yeah. So, hey, look, if the Phillies go out there and sign Jordan Montgomery, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. But um, I think you're going to see them make a couple of moves here, none of which, um, all, all of which get the sarcastic quote tweet brigade oh, uh, sure. to, to, to get to get to work. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's that's just that's just how it's going to be. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap up here with the final tidbit I wanted to share. Liz, a former Phillies manager is going back to work. That's right. Joe Girardi has been hired <laughs> by the Yes Network as an analyst for 2024. <laughs> oh, MLB <laughs> Network didn't want him back? My God. To not He's... have been invited back by MLB Network is a... The Yes Network analyst Jack Curry broke the news saying Girardi, who managed the Yankees to their last title in 2009. <laughs> rub it in, rub it in, uh, rub it right uh, in there. I, I don't even care that they beat the Phillies, that that's their last World Series title is, is still awesome. Blessed. Uh, also contributed to three titles as a catcher. As a player, coach, manager, and broadcaster, he spent 17 seasons with the Yanks. Welcome to the booth, Joe. Liz, when Joe Girardi came to the Phillies, didn't he just... We can say this now. They just kind of have that Yankee stink on him. Like, Completely, you know, like, 100% all the time. We're, we're just Blech. borrowing a guy who looks way more at home with a Yankees hat on than a Phillies hat at the moment. Completely. And, you know, look at that. Didn't work anyway. So, But I thought you would be comforted to know that Joe Girardi is going back to the booth. Isn't this nice to know? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I mean, and what's great is that now I don't think I run the risk of, of – uh, accidentally running in, into him on my television ever. <laughs> Think of all the great analysis he's going to be able to share. That's going to be, that's going to be great. When's Gabe Kapler's analysis and analyst job going to, I don't up? know. I think he got hired into a front office. <laughs> he did. He did. I forget, just, I forget which one, but yeah, he's still a front office guy. <laughs> he's the Josh McDaniels of, of MLB. He's just mm. for some, doesn't matter what he does. He's just, he's just the white guy that keeps getting chance after chance after chance. <laughs> Him and Matt Patricia. Uh, well, yeah, I just thought you would be comforted to know that Joe Girardi is no longer wandering through the wilderness, uh, calling out for baseball jobs into the, the depths of the of the woods. Uh, he has, in fact, found a home in the booth for the New York Yankees. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah! 
Well, everybody have a great time watching the Super Bowl this weekend or a time or enjoy the snacks. I guess the commercials. Read Liz's uh, commercial reviews on Yahoo Sports. She'll be doing that. I'll be doing nothing. I'll just be, I, I will be a, a uh, civilian during the Super Bowl, enjoying it like the rest of us, or not enjoying it, probably not really watching it that closely. Uh, but everybody, have a great Super Bowl weekend. Baseball is almost here. Stick to billypen.com slash season for new episodes of Hit and Season. We do three a week, and as baseball starts getting underway, you're not going to want to miss anything we have to say. And if you really like what we have to say, head on over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash season for five bucks a month. You get access to Absolutely Hammered, a Phillies happy hour with me, Chris Jones, and Mike Robertson, who you know from Twitter as at FranskyLA. Uh, and you'll also get access to The Dirty Inning, a podcast where we talk about the dumbest, funniest, and most obscure innings in Philadelphia Phillies history. It's always fun. So it's well worth $5 a month if you just can't get enough Phillies. Uh, head on over there, and we'll be happy to have you as a listener. For WHYY and Billy Penn, I'm Justin Clue. I'm Liz Rocher. And this has been Hitting Season. <laughs> <laughs>